0: Welcome to the Westmoreland Podcast. We are two sisters who were raised as readers like we had no TV, and we still love books. Westmoreland Podcast is our way to keep in touch with one another and with our listeners via our reading lives. I'm Lissa. I live in a beautiful valley in Colorado with my husband, Benji. I work in the health field and the ski world. I love mountains, photography, and of course, books. My main reads this season have consisted of fantasy, magical realism, and young adult fiction. Pretty much anything with magic.
1: And I'm Heidi. I live in Central Virginia with my husband, Alexander, and our four kids. I'm an avid reader, freelancer, and homeschool mom who'll read just about anything other than horror and thrillers. This week, I'm reading a mystery, so it's exciting. (laughs) In each episode, we'll give you a reading update with books we finished with a spoiler-free description to see if we can hook you, some bookish news from our lives, and discuss a book-related topic. We'll each share a recommendation for a book we love and let you in on what we plan to read next. Today, we are going to deep dive into our libraries and talk about collecting books. This is episode nine of season one, and we are so glad you've joined us. So Heidi, what's some bookish news for you? I don't have much. you.
0: (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) I got
1: into a really big reading slump, um, and I posted like a question with my TBR, like a picture of my TBR bookshelf in one of my um, book groups and just ask them like, please tell me what to read next. And so I'm reading Louise Penny's um, A Fatal Grace. It's her second in the Armand Gamache mystery series. I've read Mm -hmm. it before. So it's a reread and it's pulling me out of my reading slump. So that's my news. I haven't finished a book since the last time we
0: recorded. Um, Yeah. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) We're so in the same boat. It's like our cycles are synced but <laughs> across our lives our instead, book cycles the, are synced <laughs> the, across the states sorry male listeners but hey we know, are sisters after it all it can be more than period cycles yeah
1: that's the other book i'm reading is taking charge of your fertility right now and i don't really want to talk about it oh but, there you go okay but like that's what i've been wanting to read but lately great is yeah it is a great book yeah So I know that we do have a few listeners who have like teenage daughters or our moms who have Mm. girls approaching that. And so I will throw out there that there is a teenage version of taking charge of your fertility.
0: I've read the teenage version all the way through and it was super helpful when it got me on the more natural track before I really even needed to think about it. And I have taking charge of fertility, which is the very extensive like encyclopedia one. Um, (laughs) And I've had full intention reading it so has my husband actually but we've just never actually really done it but yeah yeah that's a whole nother topic
1: Right. (laughs) so the teen version is called cycle savvy the smart teen's guide to the mysteries of her body by tony weschler
0: honestly i feel like the teen version minimum should be like a required read in school largest percentage of women that i know know so little about their body and their cycles
1: and you're in the medical field so like you're running into this.
0: Yeah. Quite a lot. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. But um, well, my book news is actually about a friend of mine. Uh, Her name is Stacia and she is just really a phenomenal human being. I have never seen a person juggle so much and make so many things she touches beautiful, like Hmm. truly. Um, But she is and has been a theater Shakespeare teacher for a long time and i have just never really gotten into anything in the shakespeare world i've read i think two plays in my entire life and she's so passionate about it and so frustrated by how shakespeare has been taught um and you know in general and so she is letting me borrow um stories from shakespeare by us Um, And it's an illustrated version. That's just absolutely beautiful. And so she was like, I'm going to teach you Shakespeare if you want to. And I was like, yeah, I want to understand a little bit. And so she gave me this book to borrow and she said, like, read these. And she's like, and I'm not talking down to you. This is how I teach adults. She's like, like, read this, these, you know, more simpler illustrated versions and tell me which one you like the most, like which one draws you in. And then we'll go from there, you know, as to like deeper diving into whatever. But um, one of the things that she has said before is a problem with Shakespeare is just having people read it rather than reading it out loud and their plays, you know, yeah. they're meant to be performed and read out loud, not. And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Why have I never just read it out loud? But that also makes sense why I've seen Benji. Like he, he has, did not like reading growing up at all, but in high school, he loved Shakespeare and he could understand it and I was like I don't understand because I don't understand Shakespeare and I think it was because he always memorized it he always read it out loud and he would memorize portions of things oh, that's so why Shakespeare I'm is so amazing it, like hopefully learn a little bit ugh. I think you and her could be very good friends for sure you both have just amazing like mom principles and not only are you school <laughs> cool people but you're just both very intelligent when it comes to literature and how it affects life and the world and people and and you're both teachers so you'd probably be it's probably why i like her she's probably a lot like you in some ways but (laughs) thank you (laughs) my book news is i am i'm gonna be learning some shakespeare awesome
1: that's exciting if you if she hasn't heard of this book and if you haven't heard of this book you guys need to find it um it's called how to teach your children shakespeare by ken ludwig it's great. It's about his um, his method for teaching his children Shakespeare because what he did was he just memorized Shakespeare with his kids um, to like mm. supplement their language arts and their reading and like he goes into like the power of memorizing and what that can do for your health kind of across the board and your learning in other areas and other other subjects and so um, it's really great. It's fantastic. It's it's the the method he uses is actually what me and Alex learned in college in a poetry Hmm. not a poetry class but in a literature class for how to memorize and that's what we use with our kids with memorization so it's
0: pretty great but anyway I should check that out yeah I have never really memorized poems or anything you know language arts related so it'd probably be good for me too
1: (laughs) well so the really simple breakdown is um First, you listen to it, you hear someone else read it, and then you repeat it after them line by line, and then you say it together a couple of times, and you just do that a few times, mm-hmm. and that is, like, covers all the sen- senses and the structure of memorization. Yeah, it helps helps with memorization really quickly. So, you like, obviously, it's from a teaching perspective, cool. so it's teaching people how to memorize, so that's cool. All right, you want to talk collecting books?
0: Yeah, let's just skip the finished books because I don't actually have any either. Yeah. <laughs> I I was like, I'm close again, but I don't want to keep referencing books that I haven't actually finished. So
1: yeah. Are we collectors, Heidi, of books? Okay. So I used to be, and then I wasn't, and then I kind of am becoming one again. So you could argue that I am a collector of books because I probably have over 300 books in my house, but I think that's different than like specifically collecting certain books because the 300 books that we have in our house are from like, oh, we're at an antique store and we see this great copy of Treasure Island and we buy it. I have very few like authors or series or like certain publishings that I actually Mm -hmm. collect. But, um, and part of that is just because like in high school, I collected a lot of like series and authors. And then like when I moved back to the States to go to college, I got rid of a lot of them. And then as I kind of grew up, I got rid of more because it was just like, I'm not interested in this anymore. Like I grew out of a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of the books that I was collecting. And so now that I'm getting more interested in series and authors again, and like my taste is staying a little more consistent because of age I am, (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I'm
1: slowly starting to collect books again. So uh, that said, If I'm collecting a book series, I maybe have like two in the series so far. (laughs) It's a slow process.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you as much as not being like a full blown collector at the same time, you have a patience of finding good used books when you are collecting something like you're not just going to go buy the whole series new. You're like you're good at keeping your eye out for something like if you're missing a book in a series and you'll find it at your thrift store rather than yeah. go by it and you <laughs> fulfill your collection. I definitely, yeah, I I would think that I'm a mix as well, um, but maybe more so leaning toward the collector side than you at this point. Obviously, I don't think I always will be, but um, as you know, and I think this is part of why this is one of our topics, I have a just strong love for Easton Press books. And so Easton Press is a publisher. I <laughs> actually spent... <laughs> I actually spent, I think, 15 minutes trying to d- explain to my boss what an Easton Press book was, and he just didn't understand. He was just super confused because he's he's not he's not a collector of anything but like guns, and so trying to. explain. <laughs> that he was like so you just buy a book cover that's leather and I was like no it's the book it's just <laughs> a publisher that makes it really prettily he just didn't understand it just did not compute with his brain so um Easton Press is, is a printing press <laughs> a publisher um they I guess they're not technically publishers then are they are you call it do you call them publishers yeah if they're just reprinting books that are already yeah. published that's considered a printing press right okay so they are They are leather bound, individually designed, gold leaf covered um, on the front and on the edges of the pages, and they are just gorgeous books. And so they have a series called The 100 Greatest Books Ever Written, and I do not intend to I do not intend to like collect all 100 of those because a lot of them are books that I probably will never read but I do have this slow collecting process that I'm doing of buying classics that I want to have in my library as Eastern Press books Mm -hmm. so for example we have a bookstore a little bit over an hour and a half away that has new and used and they usually have a collection of Eastern Press in the back. And so every time I'm there, I go, you know, visit that store and just look around. And last time I was there, they had Pride and Prejudice and it was the... Um, special collector's version that has like stuff in the front and stuff, stuff in the front and stuff <laughs> Um had, you know, extra content in the front of the book and some collector's like illustrations and things like that. And I was not, I had never actually read Pride and Prejudice yet. I had always wanted to, but I was like, I know that this is a classic I'm just going to want to have, but I was like, I don't really want to spend the extra for a collector's version. And so I was just talking to the book owner or the bookstore owner and she was like, well, Let me see something really quick. She goes, So I have this listed online as well. And I have it listed online for like $45 cheaper than I do in here. So I'll honor that price for you. And I was like, Okay. take it home east press books are pr- books that i slowly collect other than that i don't really care about them i mean occasionally if it's a book that we're like yes this is a favorite and we're gonna revisit this a lot we'll buy a slightly nicer version of it but in general i just want to have a lot of books but i want them to all be books you know like we've talked about with rating that are four and fives i don't want to just own a bazillion books i want them to all be books that i want to reread you know mm-hmm. so i'm a little bit of both yeah, yeah.
1: So I will say that I am very picky about if I start a collection in paperback, I want the whole series to be in paperback or hardback. I don't like really having oh, a yeah. preference between the two. Right now, it's really just certain authors I'm slowly collecting, so what I do is I put I like keep track of what I want next on like a note on my phone. So as I'm thrifting, I like check the note if I and like look for those books. I also have them all on an Amazon wish list. So if I get a gift card for my birthday or for whatever reason, I will go and just buy new books to continue Mm -hmm. the collection. So Mm -hmm. I have the first two in the Louise Penny series Um, out of 16. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, But those come out in hardback first. So some of the later ones aren't out in paperback yet. So I'm just taking my time because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get all of them in paperback yet.
0: I love that you said you don't want to have, like, a collection that's half paperback, half hardback. And in my head, I just went, well, of course, we're civilized. Like... I do have a tendency to lean towards hardback, but it it completely depends on the book for me. Like if it's a classic story, you know, that I'm going to read to my kids a million times or if I have kids or just myself read a million times, you know, um, then I do like hardback. But if it's like novels that I really like, but they're not, I guess that's kind of what I go to. If it's if it's more classic literature, then I want it in hardback or a nice cover. Whereas if it's more modern literature, I don't mind if it's in paperback. The Darker Shade of Magic series that I got, which I posted about, I did buy that in all paperback and they're really pretty.
1: I mean, there is but, something about a box set though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I do like it. I think it was like ah, three or four years ago, um, somebody posted on Instagram, Target's having a sale on the Wrinkle and Time series and paperback in the box. And I went and looked and it was $10 for the whole series and I was like, click. That was oh. a no brainer. <laughs> so we got that series. <laughs> <laughs> and I think even now it's still yeah. pretty cheap. It's just I don't know. You just yeah. gotta watch for watch for what you want, I guess.
0: And you gave me one of those books. I think it was book like three like 15 years ago for Christmas and you wrote in the front of it Hmm. and I kept it because back then we weren't really friends (laughs) but it meant a lot to me and so (laughs) I kept that copy and I kept looking at thrift stores but I could never find like the same printing set Mm -hmm. um until I was with you this Thanksgiving and then they had the whole thing but I felt so bad because I already had the one book and I bought all of the other ones and I left the third book (laughs) thrift store. (laughs) And you were like, but they're brand new. You should wait and find used ones. And I was like, no, I want them. I want them all now. It's fine. Yeah. It's all we are fine. a little bit, we're a little bit of a mix between collectors and just having a lot of books. Well, what's your reading recommendation, Heidi?
1: My reading recommendation, <laughs> I'm going to recommend one of the series that I'm collecting. And it's the one that I'm reading right now. And it is the <clears throat> Louise Penny Three Pines mystery series. So uh, you remember okay. Monk. Of course you remember Monk. And you remember how of I
0: remember in each season.
1: <laughs> yeah, the TV show. In each season, each episode is its own individual mystery. But as the season progresses, um, you're learning more and more of Monk's backstory. And you're solving the mystery that is going on in his story, as well as these like individual mm-hmm. murder cases. Um, and so that's what's happening in Three Pines in the Louise Penny series. Um, mm. inspector, um, Armand Gamache has a story and a background and a specific case that is supposedly solved, but is still uh, a driving force in the future of his career. He's also solving mysteries in Three Pines in Canada. And it is a fictional fictional town, but I'll be darned if you don't want to go there by the end of the first book. Like (laughs) it's this gorgeous little picturesque village with this beautiful bakery and a bookstore. And the characters are the kind of friends that uh, you want to have yourself. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's a super popular series. Series um and they're they're what could be considered they're what are considered cozy mysteries so not super scary I think one of the initial ones gets a little bit creepy for me so I do have to space them out but um but they're really good they make you want to eat they have all the good things about like a cozy (laughs) book and it's a murder mystery um I will say I've only read one through five I think So, I'm still working my way up. But I think she just published her 16th last year Hmm. and it got tons of buzz on everywhere. Is Um, that the
0: last one or do you just not know when it's going to end?
1: I personally don't know if that's the last one or not.
0: Well, it sounds really good. Yeah. So, that's my recommendation. The
1: Three Pines series by Louise Penny. I'll have to in the show notes, I'll link up like, I don't know, maybe the first three and then people can go find the rest if they want them.
0: (laughs) My recommendation, I actually in bringing this book up realized it's also a part of a trilogy that I've never read. (laughs) Like I said, I have a gift for that. Um, This is a book that I read. I've read several times and I have kept and owned, uh, but it is one that I read for the first time, I think when I was in middle school or high school. And it is called The Princess Academy by Shannon Hale. And it's a young adult for sure. It's not um, not very long at all, but I love the story. So picture a mountain town Uh, Mountain Mining Town. And this young girl, Miri, is the odd one out in her village and her family. So she is the kind of oddball who is kind of looked down upon and not a favorite of anyone. She's got like one friend. And I just love how the story develops because she's essentially... Um, all of the people that are a part of this mining community have this, you know, inherited gift of being able to essentially listen to the rocks that they're mining and communicate through them when they need to. So they can, you know, talk to somebody else who's mining in another part of the mountain if they need to, or if there's an emergency and Miri does not have this skill. And so she is this outsider. And then all of a sudden, In the midst of her trying to grow up and deal with the fact that she is not, you know, like everyone else that she loves and that's part of her village. Um, A royal procession comes into town and announces that all of the girls between this particular age are going to be taken away to a different part of the mountains and put into an academy where they will learn how to be a princess. And then the prince is going to come to that school and choose his bride. It just has so much nostalgia of... Growing up in a big family and, you know, learning and being in school with other kids, but um, kids that you're all supposed to be learning the same thing with. And yet you learn at different paces and you're treated differently based on, you know, how cool you are or how awkward you are, those kinds of things. And so it's this really cool story about a girl going to a princess academy and all of the conflict within her of the, you know, thought of actually being picked as the princeps and being special and being taken away to this kingdom or her longing for home, even though it isn't a place that she's been treated as she fully belongs. So it's a really pretty story. There is adventure there's some peril um there's some kidnapping and just a coming-of-age story for sure about whether or not one might become a princess it's pretty fun so the princess academy by shannon hale would be my book recommendation for this episode
1: very good what are you you?
0: um haha beat you to it
1: yeah uh what is on deck for me i can go first if you need me to
0: I have so many on deck. I had such a hard time because I've got like eight books that I said I was going to read or I want to read. And so I'm having a little bit of a hard time as well, like you. Uh, But a book that I just started, so it's technically already started on deck for me, is um, Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Bachman.
1: Have you ever read it? You have. Frederick Bachman
0: is one of the authors uh, that I collect. Oh, okay. Well, here I was trying to find books that maybe are unheard of from you, but I failed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Britt Marie was here by Frederick Bachman. So I'm only a couple pages, a little bit in, but it's about a 60-some-year-old woman who is extremely OCD when it comes to cleaning and is socially awkward because she has lived her entire life for her husband and is now in the process of leaving him. And so she is rediscovering what it means to be an individual. She is trying to function in a world that she cannot control because she's not in her own house anymore to clean it exactly how she wants all the time. And so far it's pretty funny. I have no idea where it's headed, but um,
1: have you read Frederick Bachman? I have not.
0: Nope. This will be my first one. Wipe that smug look off your face. What it's are you trying to say?
1: smug. It's so happy. I love, love, love his <laughs> books. Like, cannot okay. even explain how much I love his books.
0: Well, so. I'll have to look at for some more then. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I'm excited. And then the other on deck for me, so I haven't completely decided if I am going to read it. It's <laughs> called The Casual Vacancy by J.K. Rowling. So she is the author of the Harry Potter series. Enough said. Uh, but this is like her more adult-focused novel that she wrote um after harry potter and i don't really know that much about it other than it's just about a small town and all of the fun things with that uh, but again i've heard some really mixed reviews about it um so i might read it i might not i'd be interested to see here what our listeners say about whether it's worthy or not of my time but that is the casual vacancy by jk rowling and i was willing to give it a shot just because obviously she's an amazing writer the harry potter series is brilliant so
1: cool. Wow. Well, what are you thinking? Um, you got something I'm, on deck? Yeah. Up next for me is How Long Till Black Future Month by N.K. Jemison. It is mm-hmm. a collection of short stories. Uh, and I'll just read from the Goodreads description. So, Jemison sharply examines modern society, infusing magic into the mundane and drawing deaf parallels in the fantasy realms of her imagination. Dragons and hateful spirits haunt the flooded city of New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. In a parallel universe, a utopian society watches our world, trying to learn from our mistake. A Black mother in the Jim Crow South must figure out how to save her daughter from a a fae offering impossible promises – and in the Hugo Award nominated short story The City-Born Great, a young street kid fights to give birth to an old metropolis's soul. So, I'm excited about that. I think it sounds really good.
0: That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And That's I've never read any
1: NK Jemisin before, and I keep hearing her name more and more and more, and so I'm I'm getting excited about that. So, Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to give us a shout out on Instagram at Westmoreland podcast, or leave us a review on iTunes. This not only makes us super happy and puts little bookish highlights into our week. It also helps the podcast find the right audience. Full show notes with every book we mention can be found in your podcast app or on our website, westmorelandpodcast.com. Email us at westmorelandpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out with recommendations, feedback, or questions. And we'll be happy to talk with you. Heidi's bookstagram is at Heidi's books, just so and listen can be reached
0: atlissadolager our next episode will be scheduled to release March 5th and we will be chatting about movie adaptations of books and what we think of them dun, dun, dun. until next time happy reading happy reading <laughs> bye bye <laughs> I don't like things that are salted, (laughs) that are chocolate. So you posted like this candy bar that's like salted salted caramel. It was salted caramel, hot chocolate. Gotcha. Yes. I am just a traditional chocolate person. I like dark, you know, 70% cacao chocolate or, I mean, you can kind of mix it up and put it in different recipes and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I am not the person that's like, yeah, let's put salted things in with my chocolate. I think it's barbaric okay just so you know you so can I'm be wrong <laughs> I know you and mom and half of our family loves that stuff I am just I don't like spicy chocolate <clears throat> I don't like
1: salty okay, chocolate don't want me in with people who like flavored chocolate because I don't okay. mind salted caramel and chocolate I think those things go very well together and I've yeah. actually made homemade um, salted caramel sauce like for ice cream sundays. And hmm. that stuff is bomb. Because I'm sure it is. I don't think I just people say like bomb that much. anymore. Bomb. But um, <laughs> but like I don't do orange flavored chocolate or raspberry flavored chocolate or no, that's any weird. of that stuff. So if you're going to like put me in a separate category from yourself, fine. But don't lump me in with people who like flavored chocolates. Okay. <laughs> I like things that we pair will... well with chocolate.
0: That's what I'll say. I like things paired with chocolate mm-hmm. but not chocolate that's flavored my friend got oh I have to find it you should find it you have a Trader's Joe's near you don't you no you it's don't it's like an hour and a half away my friend got a chocolate sampler from Trader Joe's
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: like all of these chocolates yeah. from all over the world and you'd think it'd be kind of cheap because it's got you know like eight different chocolates and all this stuff we tried a couple of them and they were phenomenal we couldn't even finish like the one sample from each country it was crazy I've had it went Trader... really well with mine oh yeah they, Trader like, Joe's... Suggest pay- they suggest the pairings you know
1: yeah Trader Joe's also seasonally sometimes has uh like a hot chocolate sampler so they'll have different mm-hmm. hot chocolates
0: and so, they also anyways. around Christmas have a honey sampler and that's super good oh man okay I just uh, Trader Joe's we need one you know all right I'm getting hungry
1: again so let's <laughs> record this so I can go eat again okay